To get rid of those pesky ads, request stories, listen to unlisted and bonus episodes, and to chat with the gang, support us by clicking the description link. Uh, well, I did did pour another chat right. for us because we are we are, are we have ten to go, actually eleven to go before we are caught up, and you know we'll get new new and new Supremo. So I did pour one for Andrea. 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 Today. So thank you, Andrea, for your patronage. Thank you, Andrea, for your patronage. What the fuck <laughs> is wrong with me? <laughs> Am I having a stroke? Wow. <laughs> you smelled burnt toast? Because that's a sign. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Surprise shots. Surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. This one looks less friendly. It does look less friendly. My the, favorite. I picked your favorite last time, Jen. I picked John's favorite this time. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, Why yeah. do you like that stuff? All right. So welcome to the Talk More To Me podcast. My name is John. I'm sitting here with Jen and Nicole every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We do live stream on YouTube. So be sure to check us out there. If you like this, you can support us at patreon.com slash talk murder. And I usually put out episodes during the week. I uh, had a week where I didn't because I got really drunk. <laughs> but anyway, uh, if you like this, you might like our sister podcast, Among the Dirt and Trees. Brienne does a great job telling true crime stories that happen out in nature. She's been doing a lot of witch stories Ooh, lately. Spooky. And they're really good. I really enjoy them. Have you watched Hocus Pocus too? I have. have I have you? not. No, no, I have not. Okay. I might watch it tomorrow. Also, I want to give a shout out to another podcast that I really love. And you can listen to this true crime podcast to go to sleep called Serial Napper. She has a great voice. She does some great cases, some that I've never heard of. And this week or this month, she's doing a uh, kind of a Halloween episodes and she's got, I mean, it's a, Serial Napper. You're supposed to listen to it at night. She's Canadian, but she doesn't really have that thick Canadian accent. So she, uh, I talked to her, and she's a uh, seems like a great person. Do you enjoy falling asleep listening to true crime podcast? Then you'll love Serial Napper. Serial Napper is an international true crime podcast hosted by Canadian Nikki Young. Each episode features a different true crime story told succinctly the way it happened. Just the facts, ma'am. My focus is of unsolved crimes that need more attention and supporting victims and their families. Let me guide you through some of the craziest true crime stories you've never heard of. Wow, sounds right up your alley, John. Yeah. If you guys like that, go over there. Um, we about to do some Ed Gein. Ed Gein. Because I ain't got nothing to gain. We stopped last time. I told you that Eddie Gein was finding suitors. And we're going to talk about the mother in the next episode. I'm actually doing like six parts of this freaking story. But so we're going to talk about his background. But you guys probably know that Ed Gein had a fixation with his mother. Correct. That's where the movie Psycho came. Uh-huh. Robert Block, who wrote the, the Psycho book that Alfred Hitchcock produced lived about 15 minutes away from Plainfield hmm. and he was following the case. And then right after that, I think in like 1961, Psycho came out. Interesting. It completely changed the entire landscape of horror. But because before that, and if you if you listen to uh, Grady Hendrix, I've interviewed the guy, mm -hmm. but he will talk about this. If you see before that in the in the books and the comic books and stuff like that, you have mummies, you have monsters from outer space, a lot of Lovecraft stuff, which mm -hmm. I love Lovecraft. So it's a lot of cosmic horror, the lurking fear, like just monsters 
monster-esque. Right. That's horror. That's always been horror. Mm-hmm. But Ed Gein, when he was arrested and Psycho was made, the movie, which became a an instant hit and changed the horror landscape completely. Yeah. It's something that has never been done before because what's more scary than like a scary monster bludgeoning everyone to death? Well, how about someone who is completely normal? Let's say his name is Norman and he runs a hotel and he's obsessed with his mother. That right there is the creepiest shit ever. Yeah. And it it scared a lot of people because not only not it didn't scare people in the theater, but when they walked out of the theater, they started looking at their neighbors and thinking, is this guy like that? Because Norman Bates is normal. Right. And Ed Gein is normal. But what the fuck was he doing behind closed doors? It completely changed the horror scene. Hmm. A lot of horror movies and books have been written using Ed Gein's story as a starting point. Mm -hmm. I mean, the main ones, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, obviously, you know, for reasons we just talked about, the hanging up and shit like that. Silence of Lamb, Psycho, those are like the big three. But they all give credits to Ed Gein. You know what I'm saying? So, fun fact. I probably shared this before. I have two fun facts. Number one, I've never seen Psycho. Good. What? Yeah. Number two. Oh, my God. Dude, that movie will freak you the fuck out. Probably so, and which is probably why I haven't seen it. Number two, Albert, Alfred Hitchcock and I share a birthday. That is a fun fact. That is fun. So fun. Yeah, December or uh, mm-hmm. September. Yep. June. Yeah. He knows your birthday. Know. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, I'm just kidding. March 13th. Almost. Actually, yeah, right. <laughs> he does know your birthday. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, I know. July. Mm-hmm. Stop it. You know her birthday. <laughs> it was recent. It was like, oh, God. Uh, he's just, teasing it's fine. You. I'm just messing with you. I know. I know it's in August, mm-hmm. September. Let's it's in one of those 365 days. It is. <laughs> Good job. Shram says Bates Motel is better than Psycho. I've always that's on my watch list. Is it a long series? Like is it's it a, few a, a seasons. bunch of seasons? I think it's like three or four. Yeah, I don't know. But on the last episode, we went to 1957. That's when Ed Gein was arrested. Before that, on episode one, we did 1954. That's when his first murder, or what we think was his first murder, Mm -hmm. of the tavern owner Mary Hogan Mm -hmm. happened. Tonight, we're actually going to 1951. This was right after his mother died. This was Tuesday, August 28th. And I want to start this episode with trying to find out what it would be like to go on a date with Ed Gein. I know it sounds weird, but Ed did have some suitors, you know. Must be nice. We'll talk more about the mother in the next episode. But the reason Ed had suitors is because he was basically looking for another mother figure. Mm. Ed can't function. It's like me. If Nequise leaves, I can't function. This whole house would implode. Like, there would be garbage everywhere. I wouldn't eat. I would starve to death. The dogs would starve. No, you would just go to Jimmy John's. We talked about this. But, like, Ed... I haven't had Jimmy John's in forever. Same. Let's get it. Ed there did- isn't one in delivery distance hmm. here. No, I said, y'all go get it while I do this. I mean, obviously, we cut out the background okay, noise. Okay, so Jen and I will go out to eat <laughs> and just leave you here to starve. Tuesday, August 28th, 1951. Gein was looking for a another mother figure. His mother, Augusta, had recently died, and that took a big toll on him. He did have suitors. As I said in the last episode, he actually turned down two of them. Number one, the first one, she did not get along with her own mother, which was not good for Ed. Right. That was an immediate hell no. Number two, the lady got around a lot, as in she had sex. 
In the 50s? She fucking banged. Okay. Shame on her. And she would do dog styles and she'd gaping. We don't need the anything further, but thank you. So Such a creative imagination. <laughs> he didn't want to date her because she got a, around a lot. Even though his mother was dead, he still didn't think that the mother would approve. So today on this episode, we're actually going on a date with Eddie and we're going to talk about Eleanor Adams. That was the one who went on a date with him. Now, Eleanor is married. But she went okay. on a date anyway. Did she not know she was on a date? And she's 51. So and at this time, and like I said, this was 1951. Ed was 45. So a six year age difference. Eleanor was married. She does have two children, a George and a Barbara. And they've actually known each other for several years. Everyone in Plainfield knows Eddie. They always see each other and maybe smile and nod, but they never talk to each other in public type of thing. But... You know, here she is. And let me show you a photo of Eddie's home right quick. Whoa there. So you see um you see how Cluttered. messy and hoarding situation it is. You see how you see it's like a hoarder. Yeah. He's got calendars up on the wall that are years old. He's got cans and of trash beans and all kinds of sugar. trash sugar here, domino, just all kinds of junk. Now, there's no electricity in his home. He's got a stove here that obviously doesn't work because, well, I guess it's a gas. It's a gas powered stove. So that works. Or it could just be like fire. Soda crackers. I mean, he, it's just a mess. Mm. Another photo. This is uh, one of the rooms. I mean, oh. he's got a violin here with only two strings. It's broken. He's got a little piano thing here that's also broken. That's not a cash register? Um, uh, I think it's a... I don't, I don't know, maybe. It looks like, what I don't know, like a toy almost. He's got, I mean, look at the bed. Yeah. Just trash everywhere. So this is like where he sleeps. This is his bed. So imagine going home with Eddie and getting on that bed. Nope. No. No. <laughs> Lauren says, I feel like these pictures would be so much worse than color. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you could really see the dirt and filth. Ooh. Yeah. It looks like our house. All right. So they go back to his house. And like I said, no electricity is quiet. So there's not much to do. Play cards. He does have cards and stuff like that. But at the moment, she is stretched out on his soiled mattress. Her features illuminated by the dingy glow of by the <laughs> dingy. <laughs> I got the dingy on my mind. It's a bar. Yes. Uh, her features illuminated by the dingy glow of his oil lamp. Though she is surrounded by the souvenirs of Eddie's other conquests, she has no way of knowing what is about to happen to her. So this is before Eddie's killed anyone and she's at the house. No electricity in the home. Eddie lights an oil lamp and he's very sensual. He can really treat a woman right. He begins to caress her, disrobe her. Nicole's reading from the book Deviant by Harold Schechter. Like I said last time, it's the uh, Ed Gein book. He's a fantastic author. We've read a lot of his books, actually. But yes, yeah, so she's reading from that. A shiver of pleasure snakes through him as he begins to disrobe her. Mrs. Adams offers no resistance. When her waxy flesh is exposed to his view, he raises his lamp and moves it slowly down the length of her body. At that point, he decides to go deeper and he spreads her legs apart. Now she's in a bathrobe at this point. He bends in for a peek at her genitals and that's when he is hit with an awful smell. He puts down his oil lamp and he kind of backs away. He's repulsed because she was only buried two days ago and ah. and he didn't think she would already smell that bad. Mm. So that's 
She was buried two days before he dug her up. I was like, I did. <laughs> did he? I was like, did he go on dates? I like interesting. Um, that makes me feel a little bit better about myself. Okay, so his Jesus. dates were with dead women, Jen. There you go. All right. All right. Uh, did one up on Eddie Gein. Y'all saw that one coming. No, uh, I no. actually forgot. The way you did it, though, again, I, I was still like, well, did he go out, like, have a couple dates before he did the body snatching? Mm. So, Eleanor Adams, this is her obituary right here. As you see, this was August 27th. We started the story August 29th, I think, 1951. So, this paper right here that you're looking at, right here, this obituary that I'm I'm looking at right here, Miss Floyd Adams Plainfield succumbs. It's interesting because this exact obituary that you're reading right now, Ed Gein was also reading, and he was waiting for the right time. He read in the paper that she had succumbed to her terminal illness that has been plaguing her. Mm. And he was waiting. And as soon as she was interred, buried under the ground, he went to the Plainfield Cemetery and dug her up. So his date was with the freshly buried, not even dead 48 hours, Eleanor Adams. Now, this isn't his first date. So he thought it wouldn't smell as bad as, as it did. <laughs> But when he's buried longer, but when he bends down to look at her genitals, he gets a whiff and it's that decomposing smell and mixed with formaldehyde, formaldehyde, mixed with formaldehyde, that decomposing smell that really gets him. Mm. So as you see here, surviving are her husband, one daughter, Miss Barbara Goodwin and one son, George. So, yes, she was still married. So Mm. what did you guys think of that? think he needs to find new suitors <laughs> perhaps ones that are living <laughs> although like well, maybe they, not though because then they might end maybe up dead not no but i mean like all right this story i'm not trying to be disrespectful but like he would end up killing them maybe i mean he did kill so the the ones that he killed resembled his mother. his mother or were like the antithesis of his mother from the last story. But this covered. lady that he took out on a date and decided that she was too fresh for him or not fresh enough was also older than him. That's a good point you brought up that the ones he's killed resembled his mother that you just said. If you want to read what's on her gravestone, as you'll see, Eleanor M. Adams, and then the date. But there's also one other thing on the on the headstone. Does it say mother? Mother. Creepy. <laughs> Creepy is mm. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so she was in her fifties. It said. Yeah, she was fifty. So he is still like even even the body snatching. His victims are his mother's age. Not only that, Mrs. Adams was. Buried next to his mom, Augusta Gein's grave, which is kind of even fucked up. <laughs> he loves the cougars, Natasha says. Courtney says, Ed Gein has one purpose in his life, and that was to be of service to his mother. Of course, he couldn't function without her. He never learned to because she never let him. When I That's was kind of sad. So I, I do have mother issues. And yes, you do. When I was. <laughs> When I was in the military. Sorry, mi- <laughs> I'm not trying to laugh at that. It was just like very quick response. I got out of the military when I was 24, but I was I was stationed in Fort Bragg. 
Mm-hmm. And so it was pretty close to home. Right. And I would come home and I, I own my own place here in Columbia at that time. But I would come home and my mom, who I love dearly, would do my laundry mm-hmm. even at 24. That's not terribly uncommon. No. Oh, OK. Well, she still does it now <laughs> at 36. You know she I mean, when my mom comes here, she will like she cleans things that. I don't think to clean and she cooks and mm-hmm. she she wants to help, you know? Yeah, my mom too. I'm kind of looking forward to her being here. <laughs> yeah, you're like, mom, take care of this place. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've, like, well, since I've been in a boot, I know it's not like I'm an invalid, but it's definitely been harder to get around and like have the motivation to do things, so. Judge Robert H. Gomar, quote, mostly gain light older, hmm. more well-developed women, dead, that is. Oh, <laughs> From the fully st- cooked, fully developed. From the Stevens Point Daily Journal, November 25th, 1957, quote, Edward Gein had two faces. One he showed to neighbors, the other he showed to the dead. So I'm sure he did treat the bodies right. Mm. All right how sure? Pretty sure. Okay. So I showed you Ed Gein's home and it's not there anymore. The town of Plainfield's small, good God-fearing people. And now you have a circus of reporters, not only from Wisconsin, but you had Time Magazine and Life Magazine. Life Magazine, which is a huge worldwide publication, had Eddie Gein, the grave robber, on their cover mm. of one of their issues. So you have not only local papers, but you have big city newsmen, and you also have big city publications coming down to little old Plainfield, which population even still, what, 200? Piling in there, making it a circus. Mm-hmm. Ed Gein home which used to be right here there was an auction and then right after the auction happened i'm pretty sure even during the auction all these people came in Mm -hmm. some locals or whoever probably the sheriff no one knows burn it down that's why it's not here anymore but this is the property here so he owned a lot of these this uh land right here so they auctioned off the belongings that were inside and then they burned it down or they auctioned out the house and then they burned down the house that had just been auctioned off so they had offers on the house but those offers seemed to come from people who wanted to make it an attraction which these are good good plain people of plainfield wisconsin like they don't want a like some kind of ghoulish attraction in their town so some of the town's members are, I'm pretty sure is even the sheriff. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure. Because you know the townsfolk in there. Yeah. And somebody went in there and set it ablaze. And that was it. They didn't even get all the evidence out yet. So who knows what else was in there. But on this episode, I'm going to tell you what they did find in the 13 days that they spent carrying shit out of the home. And I'm going to show you some pictures. So before the the murder even happened, word got around that Ed Gein had some heads in his home. Now he would say that they were shrunken heads that he collected, and randomly. some of yeah, and some of them were. These were from the uh, South Sea. So World War Two, we we sent our guys down to the uh, South Pacific, and all those weird tribes down there, they would do stuff like shrunken heads and stuff like that. So Ed Gein would say he has a cousin down there, which was a lie, that would send him these shrunken heads and he would collect them. 
Anyway, he showed some of the neighborhood kids these, and word eventually got around that he had these shrunken heads, and eventually he, he wouldn't let anyone into his home. And this, this is way before he even got caught. Let's talk about what was found in the home. I showed you the two of the pictures inside the home. It was a complete mess. From Harold Schechter, he sums it up as follows, and I really like this. I think this is great. Quote, it was as if Gein had reversed the usual process of garbage disposal and made weekly runs to the town dump to pick up a load of trash for his living quarters. Such chaos was clearly the product of an equally chaotic mind. Mental derangement expressed as decor. Hmm. So. I wonder if it was he collected all of the trash to cover up like some of the stench of the decomposing bodies or already decomposing bodies, decomposed bodies, or if it was more so like he was picking specific items. What was found in Ed Gein's home was soup bowls, which were actually human skulls, which Ed had sawed the top of the skull off and and used them for, for soup bowls. Here's one that was found in his home. Yikes. So, Jesus Christ. It's, it's actually a pretty good uh, work. As I mentioned the other day, I was I'm interested well, it looks pretty in, uh, even. I know. That's what I'm saying. I think he sanded it. How much soup do you think you can fit in there? And also, like, the milk, wouldn't uh, the milk? Definitely a cup. The milk would come out the eyeballs, wouldn't it? Um, maybe he, maybe he added, like, plaster to it so it would not, you know, at the bottom. Maybe. You know, it's like those, um, those bowls that they make where you can drink. It has a straw. You can drink the milk, mm-hmm. which is a great idea. Yeah. You could just tip up this skull and drink the milk right out the nose, you know? So they found a lot of these in this house. A lot of human skulls. Now, the reason I started with Eleanor Adams, his date, is because where do you think all these body parts are coming from? He only killed two people. And yet he's got got like 20 human skulls in his house. He has several complete human skulls. Two actually adorned Eddie's bedpost as decorations in his room. They were just sitting there. He has a, this is my favorite, a kitchen table chair. What do you think the chair had on it? Here, this is a chair made from human skin. It looks pretty sturdy. It reminds me of Book from Hocus Pocus. Yes. Reminds you of what? The book. The book from Hocus Pocus. Oh, book. Book. All right. So Was was the second one good? Yeah. If you're like, I mean... I would say, well, no, hear me out. Like, I don't want to ruin your opinion. Like, it was very nostalgic, but also they did put some new twist on it. Um, And if you're looking for, like, like like an Oscar-winning film, you are not going to get an Oscar-winning film. Well, that's fine. But it's satisfied. I might watch, uh, because I'll do, I got to do some listings tomorrow, so I might just watch, like, the first and second one and just have myself a good old time. Mm -hmm. There were four of these chairs found in his home. They were expertly made with human skin as the where the padding would be for the butt human skin there were four of these found they were kitchen table chairs the woven cane seat had been replaced by smooth strips of human skin and the underside which you know makes it high quality right under the chair were lumps of human fat you know that's just sitting there Mm. makes it nice and buoyant or nice and bouncy yeah you know what i'm saying this house was a fiend's workshop human skin lampshades bracelets a human skin waist basket, a human skin tom-tom. <laughs> like a drum? Yeah. A hunting knife sheath made of human skin, a human nipple belt, and even, you know, the shade pullers. There was the shade pullers instead of the little thing on the end 
that little yeah. triangle thing. <laughs> it was a human human lips. So you would pull the human lips to, to pull up the curtains. This is the nipple belt. So these are the human nipples. It's actually really expert quality here. You see this, Nikoise? Yep. I mean, like... He, he had these wall-hanging artifacts here. These are nipples. Nipples with uh, some kind of hemp going through them that he would hang on the wall. He did. So he was a tit guy. And he also had... This is some of the mask right here that he... he it almost looks <sighs> like the Michael Myers mask. Yeah, yeah. agree. Do you uh, think they inspired that Michael Myers mask from that mask? Maybe. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Really good call. Here's the, yeah. the lampshades. You can't really see the lips, but... Which they did just put out a new... Um, Halloween movie. We did watch uh, Halloween 2.0, H2O. These are my favorite right here. So look at these. Oh, the gloves. One, well, the mammary vest. So he made a mammary vest and you can actually see the faces, see the eyes oh, and the nose, yep. the, the titty right oh, here. Oh boy. There's an ear right here. Oh, okay. Another breast. Look. Thanks. Oh, there's a face down here, Jen. Look. Yep. You see can, the face? Yep. Another ear. So ear, how many bodies ear. did he take? Ear, ear, ear. Do we know? And then these are uh, human skin gloves, which are probably really warm. Do we know how many bodies he, he took in total to make all of his things? Um, you, no one knows the, the the real answer. He said he made about 40 visits and only about nine of them. He, and he wouldn't take the whole body sometimes. Sometimes he would, like Eleanor Adams, if he wanted to, you know, all the, the parts. But a lot of them he just took, like maybe the vagina or the anus or something like that. He would just saw them up there. At the grave. Yeah. The generator was brought in with the lights because Eddie doesn't have power. He's the only one that does not use electricity. Sheriff Slay would later say that this was just too horrible. Horrible beyond belief. Some of the other stuff that was found was a, a old shoebox. What do you think was in the shoebox, Jen? Teeth. A, quote, sizable collection of female genitalia. There were nine vulvas found. What's a vulva? You drive a vulva. I don't. I drive a Honda. <laughs> Playing workout taste by Honda. But what Honda, is Fonda? They ain't got a motor in the back of her Honda. Tell us what a vulva is. It is female genitalia. Is that what it is? Is it the vagina? It's part of it. What is it? Like it, it's the out, region, like yeah. the outer region like that the includes outside the part. labia. Oh, okay, gotcha. So a old shoebox containing a quote sizable collection of female genitalia, nine vulvas altogether. The vulvas were dried and shriveled, and the one on top was actually dabbed with silver paint and trimmed nicely with a red ribbon, almost like a, a little bow. And the a gift, if anyone gave me ga <laughs> that gift, I would, I, I don't know what I would do. It was a shoebox, and they were all just stacked on top of each other. The one that was on the very top seemed to be, quote, quite fresh. <clears throat> so, okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Are people still watching this? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Another, the topmost one, seemed quite fresh. It consisted of a portion of Mons Veneris with the vagina and anus attached. Looking closely at this specimen, Wolmanski noticed small crystals clinging to its surface. The recently excised vulva, he realized, had been sprinkled with salt. Hmm. I bet it tastes better like that. And also, you remember, did you watch Big Mouth? No, I, I Mons, started to, I couldn't. Mons, Mons Pusher. pusher. <laughs> the Mons Pusher. It wasn't for me. I liked Big Mouth. That was funny. Uh, did you watch Human Resources? No. All right, no. move it. No. She I is Human Resources. I think we started, I think we started watch watching. I think we watched like 10 minutes of the first episode, but did you like it? I no. didn't watch it either. I was, was asking. Also in his home was 
four human noses, a cardboard Quaker Oats container filled with scraps of human head tissue. So a lot of these creations were meant to be worn, including several skin leggings, which... Oh, pantyhose? No. The leggings were actually made from human legs, which is... I mean, that's what it's supposed to be. Why why else would they name them leggings? A garment made from the upper torso of a middle-aged woman. And there's a picture of that here. It's uh. Why are y'all acting like y'all weird about this? Well, you're like, here, and here's a photo of this. This is like the mammary vest. I yeah, don't we, like that. Yeah, you showed us that already. Uh, but it's very important why he made that, you know? It's not weird. Is it, though? Even more ghastly was a garment fashioned from the upper torso of a middle-aged woman. Gein had carefully skinned the top part of her body, breasts included, tanned it, and attached a cord to it so that it could be donned as a kind of vest. So he would wear this stuff, and there's a specific reason why he would wear it. The mask collection found human facial skins peeled from the skulls of at least nine women. There were no eyes but holes where the eyes should be, so they were meant to be worn as masks. The hair was still attached to the scalp. Most of them looked dried out and even mummified, but he did go to great lengths to preserve Preserve them with oil, and he would even on some of the younger ones, which were you know fourteen days even, old, even younger. No, fourteen years old. Oh, I thought you meant like days dead. Mm. No, even the younger grave robbed victims, he would put lipstick on them. Mm. Four of them had been stuffed with paper and hung on the wall in his bedroom. Some of them were in plastic and paper bags. Also, a moth-eaten horsehide robe lying in a heap. Behind the kitchen door, there was a brown paper bag and, quote, mass of dry hair attached to a desiccated skin. This was picked up by one of the detectives who later says that he really regrets picking up this brown paper bag and looking in it. I bet he does. (laughs) Understatement (laughs) of the year award goes to. It was a brown paper bag. This was right behind the kitchen door. It was just sitting there. It was folded over, kind of like you would fold a paper bag lunch. But when he tried to unfold it, he noticed that it was stuck together. There was flesh that was kind of melted and almost like a glue. But he finally got this bag open, which he later says he really regrets. He looks in this bag. He opens it up and he pulls out this human face. He lifts it up. Now, remember, there's no lights in the house besides the generator with, you know, spotlights now. But it's still pretty dark and dusty as fuck. Right. So the light is behind him. He's by the kitchen. He pulls this human face out. And like I said, they don't have eyes, but they have holes. He puts it over his face face not like touching it but he like looks in it and then kind of pushes it up towards the light beam that's coming and he looks through the eye hole and the light from the generator and the lights shine through the eye holes another officer looks at it and he says quote by god it's mary hogan so there's mary hogan's face it was in that bag Hmm. so lauren had asked in response to your question was it him his mom wore an apron and he wanted to be like her or was it him that wanted to know what it was like to be a woman or am i thinking of someone else and i said well i know buffalo bill like in silence of the lambs that was that care what that character wanted yeah. to do so was that the answer to no but that's a really good guess that wasn't the the answer but what well, kind of because 
as you'll hear when Gein confesses all this stuff, he does admit that since he was a child, he's fantasized about being female. Mm. And hmm. obviously he would wear this stuff. So the... All right, I, think think Lauren, about this. I think Lauren gets a point for that. Think about this. The vulvas. Like, he has these vulvas. What you, he doesn't keep them for a collection. He puts them on himself. You guys understand that, right? He's decked out in the face mask that's tied behind a, with a cord that's attached to his face. He's got a full mammary vest on. He's got the vulva that's a, kind of attached to his penis. He's got the leggings on that are made from human skin. Like, he is a full fucking being. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking weird. Wow. Well, it kind of honestly, it makes you think like, I mean, during that time in the 50s. Yeah, like dra drag was not a thing. No, I mean. Or it was, but it wasn't like like it is now. Well, here's. Right. Well, here's another trivia question for you. Where would he get some of these ideas from? Where did he get some of these ideas from? I don't know. I don't know. He's watching yeah. his mom. Well, I'm not, I'm not asking stuff. you guys. I'm asking the people. Oh, well, you know, we never know anymore. <laughs> When we don't answer, it's us. When we do answer, right. it's not us. This small city of Plainfield, town, 200 people, 300 people, farmers, they had to get archaeologists to come in and excavate some of this shit, preserve it to see what the fuck it is. It was an archaeological, from the author, archaeological dig in hell. Mm. The more they found bones and body parts and vulvas and all kinds of shit, skin tags, whatever, the more that would come up. They were scattered everywhere, through the home everywhere. You remember Bernice Warden's body was in the shed, but her heart was in the bedroom in a bag. Her organs were in in the spare bedroom. All right. I mean, it was just insane. And they, they don't know how many people he did this to because they were, quote, more noses than faces. Like they couldn't even find them all. Right. Yeah. They don't know how many he did this to. He did admit to grave robbing, and this was a five-year period beginning in 1947. He made visits to three, three different cemeteries. He made about 40 visits, from what he claimed. Nine times of those, he came back with some sort of prize. He opened them up, he removed the parts he wanted, and then left them in, quote, apple pie order, the graves. Now, think about, all right, there's two things I want you guys to think about. Apple pie? Number one, no one fucking believes it. There's no way in fucking hell someone would go to a graveyard and dig this shit up. They were banking. I mean, it took it took weeks for the idea of him grave robbing to come out. They thought he was a serial killer of, you know, a shit ton of people. They were they were trying to ask him about missing people, missing persons cases, trying to pin all these on him. Mm -hmm. And but then he, he clammed up. He didn't want to you know, confess anything right away. And then it came to light in the public that what, you know, he's he's robbing these graves. So here's two things for you. Number one, people didn't believe it. And the only way to, to actually know the truth is to what? Go, Ask him. No, go to the cemetery and dig the grave up. Which is which is what? It's a violation of a lot you, of things. You know, belief, religious beliefs. Not yeah. only that, look at old Eleanor Adams, which we started this, his date, freshly interred and dug up by Ed Gein. What does the husband think? You dug my dead wife up 
and cut out her vulva and you know what i'm saying it's just so so it's it's not when it did come out that okay ed gein's a grave robber as i said before plainfield is not very large like these are women in town so let's say there's i don't know a hundred husbands and they found at least nine dug up corpses or at least parts of them in his home that's a pretty good chance that your wife may be in his home you know what i'm saying that's yeah. fucked yeah. up man yeah <laughs> that's fucked up you know what i'm saying trying to put it in his perspective here sometimes he would uh he would only take parts that he wanted like the vulvas or whatever they were all newly dead women he would read the obituaries and then plan and go out at night a lot of people didn't think he could even do it because a lot of the graves were in cement enclosures however the ones he dug up were in wooden wooden boxes and they did find out that he did it because they did dig up two of these graves and both of them were disturbed one body eleanor adams they dug up was completely gone the next one they dug up they found bones before they found the casket and so they were digging they find all these bones but it's not all the bones that make a human body it's like like where's the rib bones type of shit then they get to the casket which is shut so he would say that he dug them up, brought them to his house, and then had, quote, pangs of conscience where he took them back and tried to stuff them back in there hmm. because he was <laughs> felt so bad about it. A lot of these he said he was in a, quote, daze and doesn't really remember anything about the grave robbing, even though he would sit there for hours and dig them up, you know, and then smooth everything over and then carry the woman back, you know. I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't even know what to think anymore. Eleanor Adams... Her grave was re-dug up and the coffin was empty, all except a 12-inch crowbar. Mm. So He left his crowbar in the coffin? Yeah, I think he accidentally left it. I mean, it's dark outside, you know? Yeah. Now, I want to end this episode with this. I showed you pictures of the house, complete disarray. There's hoarded trash and shit everywhere. You can't even walk in it. No electricity, it's rotted flesh everywhere. It stinks, it's dusty from hell. He has two pair of yellow dentures on the windowsill yellow yellow dentures he's got a coffee cup a, a maxwell coffee can filled with chewed up gum he would chew gum and then take it out and save it in a collection he'd put it in the can it's just all <laughs> just like just like the hey arnold tried again <laughs> yes <laughs> it's just it's just all kinds of shit but there was one room that was boarded up and it was completely shut off. It was completely boarded up and completely shut off. And out of all the stuff that we talked about today, the human skin lampshades, the leggings, the, the mask that you would wear, and the vulvas that were salted and sprinkled with salt and dabbed with paint, and all that shit doesn't even compare to what they found when they opened this shut-off room. Completely boarded up. They were wondering what it is for a while. They finally said, fuck it, open it up. What they found in this in this room was worse than anything I've described in this episode. It took every one by complete shock. And of course, I'm going to start with that on the next episode. Of course you are. Because I'm a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and cliffhanger. <laughs> Jesus. I honestly, I know we've talked about Ed Gein before and I cannot remember at all what's behind door number, door one. number one. Yeah. Well, so the house was large and upstairs and downstairs. Ed slept upstairs. I showed you his bed and that room was, was downstairs, completely boarded off. They knew it was there the whole time. They, they wanted to get everything else out the way, but when they opened it up 
and saw what was in there, they were just... It, it, it just takes the story to a whole nother level. Yeah. If you can get to another level from human lampshades and human skin chairs... And by the way, for you podcast guys, the human skin lampshades. Did anyone guess the uh, thing where I said, uh, where would he get these ide- ideas from? No. All right. So the human skin lampshades specifically and a lot of the other stuff. Ed Gein, his IQ was pretty low, but he was an avid reader. He read true crime books. Oh. So he would definitely be listening to our podcast if he was alive. He was an an, an avid reader of true crime. The, the the lurid magazines with the, you know, the the ones I have with the detectives, the yeah. women on there with the big breasted women. Now, these are true crime accounts. Sensational. Like it used to be like 10 times worse than it is now. Mm. The titillizing. Like he would <laughs> fucking read all. He had thousands of these. Mm. And what he loved more than anything was the Nazi war crimes, especially. Oh, I should have got this. Oh. That's right, because you did yeah. that article recently. Especially that of Ilsa Koch, the bitch of Buchenwald. Mm-hmm. And there's another one that's even worse. She was basically the bitch of Auschwitz, which we Ooh. didn't do that one. Ooh. But these are Nazi war criminals, especially the females, the bitch of Buchenwald, especially we covered that story. She's the one that inspired Ed Gein with her human skin lampshades. Remember, she would take That's right. the skin of Jews mm-hmm. before they were freaking fried and aghast uh, and take their skin, make them into lampshades. And then she would send those lampshades, the human skin, someone with the tattoos still on them. That was the thing. Like if it had the tattoo on it, that's the good Or ones. if they would like had other decorative tattoos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She wanted those. Yeah. And I've showed you all pictures of that. So yeah. you go back and listen to that episode. But where do you think he got this idea from? Her. From those Nazi war crimes and stuff like that. That's where he was getting the idea. So for the next episode, we're going to open that door and we're going to get into the background. Like, how did this guy get all fucked up? Mm. All right. And then we're going to talk about the psychology and kind of end it off there. So. Cool. And then Nikwiz and I are, are going to do the confession of Eddie Gein, which is pretty large. So I hope you guys like that. And until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people. <laughs>